0: Hello, it's episode 22 of the Customers Who Click podcast. Today, I'm talking with Michael De Costa, the founder of Leadoo, all about uh, on-site chatbots and how these can be used to generate leads and conversions for your business. These chatbots kind of work like a quiz. It asks you a question, you answer, and then the logic behind the scenes determines what question to then ask you, with the end result being that it points you to the right product or it captures your details and sends them to the correct sales team. It's a better experience for the customer and it's more efficient for your business as well. So let's hear from Michael about uh, how you can use these for your business. Hi, Michael. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and, uh, and why you do what you do? Thank you, Will,
1: for taking me in. Uh, my name is Michael Acosta. I'm the CEO and founder of uh, Leadu. Uh, Leadu essentially helps companies to convert more qualified, sales qualified leads from their existing website visitors. So essentially, we help companies increase the conversions from their existing website traffic. The reason why we are doing what we are doing, uh, well, the story goes back a couple of years. I was working in recruitment and and seeing companies putting a lot of money on employer branding in order to get better applicants for their hiring process. But uh, I saw myself that the conversion from someone actually reading an employer branding article into actually converting into a job job applicant was fairly low. And and from there I, I researched that one of the biggest reasons why the conversions are low is that there are no real like call to actions within within the employer branding articles. And Lido actually started off in working in the recruitment scene, but uh, it didn't take us long that we realized that the The same dilemma happening on employer branding was exactly the same problem that content marketeers were facing, like creating a lot of value added content, but quickly then realizing that uh, the people who come to the content, they are not actually converting. And and Lidu is basically here to fix that problem. How to activate the so-called like passive website visitors into active ones so then we can convert them into leads as well.
0: Yeah, sounds great. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine lots of people have problems with this uh, with content marketing. You know, you can get traffic to that page, but then you're kind of relying on you know people dropping their email address in, and it's kind of uh, it's just more passive, isn't it? They yeah. drop their email address in, they'll get a few emails from you. They might respond, but if they can interact with a like okay, a chatbot or something on the page. Uh, you know that might lead them to other content. It could lead them to to a salesperson.
1: Yeah, and 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 for, from my point of view, like uh, a lot of companies operating in this space, they speak a lot about chatbots and and the chatbot or or let's let's call it more the conversational user inter uh, conversational like user interface. That isn't even all that actually makes it work for me what what marketers many times like do wrong everyone loves to speak about themselves and their products and how they are better but essentially like um, for me good marketing is about like creating value and and the best way to create value is to help your users or the visitors on your website and and kind of like if you go to the real the fundamentals like W- where the problem is and 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 why it's a problem that it's only coming to the surface now is that previously you didn't have all the website analytics in place so you actually didn't know like how many how many people you were converting but now when you have all the analytics in place it's hard to understand like or it's not anymore hard to understand like uh, like how low the conversions actually are. Because if we look at the offline world itself, so let's imagine that you had a retail store and, and since most of the audience are from the B2C sector, so if we imagine the following situation that you own a retail store, you put out an ad on a newspaper and let's imagine that 100 people came through that ad into your store and only two people bought something from your store your first reaction wouldn't be that okay I need to buy more newspaper space so I can get two hundred people to my store but most probably people would be disappointed that only two people bought and they would think like how can I improve my service at my store? Aren't people just liking the products or what's wrong? But in the online space, people kinda accept it that okay I get hundred people and two people, two people buy. And, and what Lido essentially does in, in that space is that we try to come up with the reasons, especially in the B2C scene, and, and Lidu is mostly used by companies that, let's say, for example, like roof renovations, that people who are buying them are not that familiar with that type of service or, or product category. So they need help or guidance to, to make the purchasing decision and also they need support throughout the whole like customer journey. Do they actually even need their roof repair or do they need something else? And there's a lot of like these micro verticals that people people would need help in, in purchasing that type of services or products.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think um, you know, like a standard e-commerce site like I don't know a fashion site or something um, or cl- yeah, clothing site it's probably not that necessary. Um, people will browse the site, they'll find the products that look interesting and and they'll check them out. But yeah, it's those ones where people need more information and they really need to understand what works for them Yeah, and they don't know. Cause obviously with clothing, you know what you like. So yes, you can go to a store and kind of have a look for that. But yeah, with things like, um, yeah, if you're having like renovations done to your house or I suppose a lot of finance stuff and insurance. Uh, yeah. You're not, you know, you can't go to a website and find the product that is the right fit for you. Exactly. You need, uh, you basically got it. You, you know, that's why you get loads, you, know, you ask to fill in loads of forms and you get quotes and things. It's, you get asked about your house and, you know, all these questions and they use that answer, those answers to then tell you what they think the best product is. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you you're really on the on the heart of the of the problem that Lido solves so especially we have quite a few of insurance and and uh, actually a lot of lending companies as our, our customers in, in Finland.
0: Yeah, you know, I I guess one way of looking at it is it's those companies where the terms and conditions are quite significant and important. Yeah. You know, you might not care so much about the Cs and C's when buying some clothing. But yep. the T's and C's when buying an insurance product, that's that's really important. So you need to make sure you've got the right information down. Um, you're given the right info and you, uh, well, you read it properly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Insurance is good, but also like uh, when it comes to lending, the lending scene has exactly the same, same like... Uh, well let's not call them problems but people don't know to to compare the loans properly many times
0: yeah I imagine things like um, I'm not sure how it works in Finland obviously but in the UK you know there's loads of options for mortgages yeah whether it's the first time you're buying or you're remortgaging or you're buying to let or you know you've got all these different options and uh, I, I was looking into it not too long ago and uh, yeah, I, from the information on their website, I wasn't sure which one was the right one for me. Yeah. Um. So, so kind of a, a little interactive chatbot or something, which kind of would have pointed me in the direction right direction would have been uh, would have been really helpful. But instead, I, I dropped my details in. I got a phone call from someone who took me through a load of information and then said, "Oh, actually, I think you need this product." I'll ha-, And the worst thing about it for me was she then said. I'll pass your details onto that team, and they'll get in touch with you. Yeah, couldn't even pass me over at that point, so uh, I don't think that second conversation actually ever happened. Um, which is quite a waste. But uh, yeah, so do you want to tell us a a bit more about chatbots? And um, do do you have a certain term for for those interactive ones on the page? Well, we call
1: them the in-page bots. So we do essentially like uh, comparing or let's put it this way, chatbots have existed for quite some time already. They have been mostly used for customer service and, and what people or what companies tried to do basically too early was to create like AI-powered chatbots that could basically answer anything. And in the end of the day, what happened was that the chatbots weren't really able to answer like, any specific questions and and uh, I don't remember was it an M- MIT study that me and, and uh, our COO shared to us was that most people don't like to chat with chatbots because they expect that people don't or the chatbot doesn't know to reply you or then there there is a people behind who, who isn't going to answer in time for you. So what what makes, for example, we do essentially different when we don't operate in, in the customer support scene as, as many of the other players do. We in a sense we try to model the customer journey before creating the bot dialogues. So as many times like if you think about a good sales representative, he doesn't go to the client and and ask like uh, about the product that he he doesn't know. Well, if we speak about the insurances to someone like, what kind of insurance would you like to buy? Essentially, the person could tell you that he's interested in, in for example, in the health insurance, but then all the, the, the questions which comes down to the health insurance category, they wouldn't know to answer them. But in our case, the chatbot might ask, like, why is the health insurance important for you? What do you value when you're choosing your um, health insurance provider? Do you have, like, any illnesses that could affect this? And all that type of questions. So we kind of try with the chatbot, like, predefine what the user might have us ask questions. And, and not kind of throw him an empty text field and, and make the consumer think. People essentially even they think that they like to think, but we, we try to make it as easy as possible. So they just need to choose between options which works best for them.
0: Yeah. So don't don't leave you're not leaving things up to the consumer to just kind of interpret interpret the question in their own way and provide an answer based off that. They're literally being told, you know, it's multiple choice, isn't it?
1: Yeah yeah that's yeah. that's how most of the bots work so we haven't tried to make it ai powered so it would have everything from from pets to to astronauts covered but instead we we make them always tailored for the user and always like highly page specific so if you're reading about life insurance the chatbot is highly related to that topic and not asking like how can i help you yeah. but it, it instead ask like how can I help you with life insurances? Are you interested in knowing about the prices, terms, whatever comes in that specific like category?
0: Yeah, perfect. So, are there any common myths or misconceptions about chatbots or live chat? Do you think? Well, I think that especially on the lead generation side, it's something that many companies haven't haven't
1: thought about. The, the next thing is that there's a lot of players in the field working and. Uh, I've seen in many cases that a lot of players from the customer support scene are trying to enter with the same product to the customer or sorry, to the lead generation field and and the the psychology behind customer support and lead generation essentially it's quite different. and uh, even we have a lot of customers, let's say maybe twenty percent of our customers usually do for customer support. But we essentially also tell our customers that lead is is tailored for for lead generation, and there's better options if if they wanted to use the solution for customer service.
0: I mean, really, in my opinion, if you're going to use live chat for customer service, you know, do it actual live chat, you know, with a with a real person behind it.
1: Um, exactly. One know, of the problems that especially these like certain verticals have is that you have people available maybe from nine to five or or eight to four. I don't know how it's in the UK, but in Finland, especially. And uh, then, if you think about people or consumers, when do they have time to search about, for example, a renovation or a solar panel system or or whatever the product is? It's mostly during the evening times. And then that's the time when you might not have anyone available. And that's why chatbots work.
0: Yeah, it's one of these odd, uh, odd things, isn't it? Because obviously we've got uh, loads of industries which work outside the nine to five. Yeah, um, and and a lot of companies do have customer support that that kind of works on you know shift patterns rather than you know, the nine to five. But yes, yeah, yeah. still, it's it's surprising how many businesses only offer uh, support during those kind of standard office hours. Yeah. when fewer you would expect fewer people to actually be browsing or or even have the time to jump on live chat. You know, yeah it, it might be quick, but it might take a while. And you know, if they're in the office, they might have a meeting in 20 minutes. They might you just see, you might not get it get through it. You know, it's it's similar with um with banks here in the UK. Banks tend to be open uh, kind of I think sometimes eight o'clock, but kind of nine o'clock until four or five o'clock in the afternoon so literally just in the hours that people are actually in the office and then the exactly. weekends aren't that great, but you would have thought that these sort of services, they would say, well, why, why don't we be open and available when people are available? Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to rant about banks and things. But,
1: uh, and it's yeah. funny that that's a topic that uh, not not many companies have looked into and, and especially we have like a super broad analytics table that allows you to view like what are the most uh, most popular hours with the bots and or or the live chat and and what are people asking about and where they are dropping off on the on the bot dialogues so what many companies are very surprised for is is also the hours when people are chatting with the bots and that's in in many cases like during the evening times that there wouldn't be anyone else available
0: yeah yeah i mean that's it's it's really helpful having that information there, isn't it? But it's it's important that companies do something with it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it depends on the company as, as well, obviously. But, you know, if, if people are filling in kind of lead gen forms uh, at seven, eight o'clock at night, yeah. really, you should be thinking, well, should we be hiring some some salespeople for that time and actually yeah. having those hours covered so that we can contact those people immediately? I fully agree with you yeah um so what are the what the first things you would first things you do when you're starting with a new client or a new project with Lido? well typically what
1: we what we need to understand is like what what is standing in between the the visitor current state from him actually converting into a into a sales qualified lead or even buying the product or the service that the company is offering. So we we need to kind of list all the questions that the person might have or the potential customer might have in mind that, that are there. And then we need to define like where are the people coming from in which stage of the buyer uh, buying cycle they are in. And then we start to kind of to, to personalize the, the discussions to to make them personal for those like potential potential customers. Essentially, while like uh, what separates also WeDo from from many other companies in the field is that most of the companies sell the, the their product just as a software as a service model, but WeDo actually builds the bot dialogues for customers. So it's it's almost like. You, our or Lido's customers only may need to make the decision that they want the chatbots and then basically leadu takes care of most most of the of the process until the bots are, are set up but i uh, said for, for us it always starts going to the client's shoes understanding like what's standing in between him or her purchasing the product and then making the chatbot dialogues that they are basically maybe even removing like uh, blockers on the way that the, the potential like customer hasn't even realized himself, answering those questions and at the same time guiding him to understand that what are all the possible benefits for them to buy this p- potential product or service.
0: Have you had any uh, kind of unexpected use cases for it? Well,
1: a lot. Like it was funny... We had one like um, staffing agents as our customer, and and at that time I was still like the personal like point of contact for them, and and their like uh, bot discussion count had like p- quite tripled in, in in just a matter of weeks, and I was like, what have you done? And uh, then I started checking their admin panel and, and and told them that hey, you have a pretty nice idea. So what they had developed was a chatbot to their HR system that basically replied all the questions like, where should I send my tax card in Finland? uh, Everyone still needs to send their tax card to the accounting. Where do they send um, the sick leave uh, documents? Uh, Where do they report the working hours? And actually the chatbot was dealing with thousands of questions a month that previously the HR management had to deal with. So that's, from my point of view, a very, let's say, an interesting use case that I think that no one else had, had really thought of before.
0: Right, so so instead of using it as a lead gen tool, they were using it as an, like an internal FAQ, basically.
1: Yeah, so they did use a of course, as a, as a lead generation tool as well, but that was just something that their HR got interested about and then they built it by themselves.
0: That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is, yeah, that, that's, yeah, quite surprising, uh, especially from my experience with HR. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. So uh, what are the, some of the key things a company should consider with tools like they do? So, you know, using chatbots uh, and, you know, in-page in, in, in page, uh, bots and things.
1: Well, the answer might actually surprise you. The, the first thing is that... The marketeers need in some sense to do like a a sense of approach to marketing. Like if we look at the evolution that has happened in digital marketing, it's basically like 10 years ago, everyone just wanted like a website. And after that, basically companies started buying online ads so they could actually drive traffic to their website. And after that, basically gave Google Analytics that allowed you actually to monitor well what's happening on your website. And while most companies are still like tracking as a key number, like how many website visitors that do I have, to change it to the to the question, like how many of those website visitors am I actually converting? Should I rather uh, use money in buying a conversion optimization tool, like do? Or should I just spend more money on advertising? And, and when you come down to this question, one of the very, like from my point of view, like important questions is, is in marketing in general, something have, that has been really pulled highly apart from each other. So many companies say that sales and marketing like, work hand in hand. After, Lidu has roughly like seven hundred customers, and and I may be seeing like twenty to fifty in between that actually do. So sales and marketing work quite hard apart from each other. And typically, like on the whole, like marketing landscape, what's happening is that most of the let's say companies like Lidu or or marketing automation system, what they are always saying is that inbound. Is the king and and outbound doesn't work and outbound isn't efficient and inbound does all the results etc. and uh, outbound companies then again say that inbound doesn't work and and it's very uh, like slow paced to do inbound and, and and from my point of view like both are true and and uh, when it comes for example to our own ones and then why is Lidu growing so rapidly is that from from my point of view is that marketing and sales should work hand in hand and uh, in in many cases like what marketing is trying to do is that they are trying to nurture sales leads forever and and from my point of view what you should try to do is that you should just try to generate with marketing sales qualified leads as fast as possible and pass them over to your sales team so they can like speed up the process which for inbound actually takes let's say a shitload of time it's just like email after email after email and download this uh, like uh, ebook and and then download something else and, and it's just like nurturing for too much time and that's something that I think that companies should consider like combining the best of the both worlds.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I, I'm on the I'm of the view that both work. Um you can do inbound and outbound. You've just got to do them right. Yeah. And you know, when you get companies saying, Oh, inbound doesn't work, or outbound doesn't work, you know, cold email is dead, that sort of thing. They're just uh they're just not doing it right. Yeah. You know, they're they're probably sending some sort of, you know, template cold emails, um, blasting out as many as they can, um, or just not, you know, just not, um, not taking any time over it. You know, I've, I've had people get in touch with me recently this last couple of months. And um, the number of people have asked me how the customers who click agency is doing. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you took two seconds to, <laughs> to have a look, you'd realize it's not an agency. So it's, it's those sort of basic mistakes that get in the way of outbound and, uh, and, and cause people to dislike it. And then on inbound, you know, it's, people don't come up with a strategy. You know, I, I've literally, uh, the, the podcast that went live on the 29th of July, that is all about content strategy. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it, it requires so much research and planning. And it's the companies who don't do that and just try and get a white paper out there or get an ebook and post a few blog articles and things. Um, yeah. They don't have a plan, they don't have a strategy, and that's where it goes wrong. And so they're, then, then the one, they're the ones going, oh, inbound doesn't work. Yeah. And then they're also probably the type that has tried both, done both very wrong, and just says, right, let's just advertise. Let's just spend money, get traffic to the website. Yeah. Um, yeah, I no,
1: fully, fully agree with everything that you are saying.
0: But yeah, I, I think both work. And I think stuff like this uh, just really helps because if, if your inbound marketing, you know, your content marketing and all that starts to gain some traction, if you start getting traffic to your website, you want people, uh, you know, interacting with, with your site properly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess if, uh, if you had something like do on a, on your blog posts, if no one is interacting with those uh, bots, then you, you know, it's an indication you're doing something wrong, isn't it?
1: yeah certainly it's like uh, what what we see with most of our customers is that in average um, it's like uh, 20, 20 to 25% of people who are on the website that interact with the uh, with the lead bot when it's properly placed and that's a huge amount of people and then it comes down to like how well the discussion is tailored that you generate the most of, of or you convert most of those discussions into leads, and uh, looking at our customer base and our studies, depending a bit on the customer and of, of course our exceptions, but in average the conversions that we've been able to create to our customers are thirty to seventy percent higher than than previously.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it just makes sense to me. Like an interactive tool, uh, just. It, it, it's going to generate your conversions. I mean, I, I know I, I would be far more likely um, to interact with them. I mean, I, I'm more likely to open a a live chat window and ask a question than I am to browse a website. So I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be far more likely to interact interact with a tool like that than try and find the information myself.
1: But that's what people essentially are hoping for. So getting getting the questions that they have solved as as quickly as possible. And nowadays, like especially like mobile is, is our new, like uh, basic remote control of our life. So everything needs to work super nice for the mobile, and especially the in-page bot does that extremely well. And uh, that's what people want, that the experience needs to be very inti- intuitive. It needs to be easy and fast to, to get anything that they need.
0: Yeah, I, I completely, Yeah, absolutely, completely agree. There was a site that I used, must have been a few years ago now, I'm sure they were related to mortgages or something, and they had that kind of uh, in-page bot, and that was one of the first times I'd seen that. Okay. Um, and that was really good, I, I can't cool. remember what it was called now, but uh, y- you don't see it much, do you?
1: No, no, n- not. We've been like, uh, the away with that. and. It's just that the in-page bot that's tailored for lead generation, while the traditional chat bot is made more for like customer service purposes.
0: What are some of the big or common mistakes you see when people uh, approach lead generation? Good question. The answer might be surprising, but many companies
1: like overthink too much. Like when when you speak about this kind of like project, with, uh, kind of like lead that that costs like five grand a year. Companies tend to make it like too big of a challenge when it comes to marketing. Like companies spend on testing, for example, a specific campaign, they might spend like 20k on that. But then when it comes to something like doing something new that hasn't been done before, companies tend to be super careful. So from from my point of view, what they are they are doing wrong before they have made a decision is that companies tend to be too careful in adopting anything new. And, and second thing, which, which comes after that, and this happens especially on the larger organization, it's, it's kind of like having everyone on the organization involved, which from, from our point of view and, and with a lot of experience in the field, the best way is to just put something online see what your customers are, are discussing with the bots, and then optimize. But especially with larger, larger organizations, it's like 10 people sitting in a meeting room trying to solve all the world's problems at once. The process takes a lot of time, and still it's going to be most likely wrong. So, so from my point of view, it's more like being bold, trying out stuff, doing A-B testing, which is which is made with our tool as well, like extremely easy and simple. If you have two people that disagree, just run an A-B test bot and, and see which works best and, and let the best one stay.
0: Yeah, so I guess you're saying uh, too many people involved in the process, which just slows down the process or even you know completely gets in the way of, of the process of trying new solutions to getting lead gen in. Yep. Um, and then overthinking the process once you've actually getting started, right? So yep. trying to you know, reinvent the wheel with this chatbot when really it's like no, just keep it simple. Think just think about what the customer wants. Um, and I think actually that is where the complication comes in. I think businesses tend to think what do they want, and what are the, what are all the things they could do with this tool that will help them achieve their goals. And they don't think so much. Well, what is the what is the customer trying to do at this stage? What's the easiest and quickest way we can get get that to them? Do you think there are any big trends coming up in the next twelve to eighteen months in kind of lead generation and, and chat and all that? Um, well, from I, my I, point
1: of view, it's more that conversational user interfaces, when designed properly, they are extremely powerful, and. Uh, looking at evolution now so previously the chatbots and and the conversational user interfaces only existed basically on your own like website but now that people are using the messaging tools for everything what are emerging is the whatsapp bots uh, facebook bots uh, linkedin just announced their like conversational ads leadu has a tool which is called conversational banners which are like Banners in, enhanced with uh, with the in-page bots included, which basically allows you to have the conversational interfaces not only on your own website but basically anywhere on the web. So I, I think the the change will happen that the conversational user interfaces are not channel specific, but they will really become like omni-channel.
0: Yeah. yeah more and more uh, conversation and interaction with customers um, helping them get the information they want um, yep. and do you think kind of in an auto, more in an automated way so obviously without having to use a, a, a chat agent
1: probably yes it, it, it might be both it's it, it's very hard to to, to say it, it depends a lot on also like how will the AI feel itself like it develop? One one of the problems that that has is that it's so expensive at the moment still to build like a proper AI-powered chatbot that can answer anything. But um, I, I think in the in the next like few years we will see where the space will go.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my experience with with two AI products is that um, they they cut a lot of the time it takes to do certain tasks. Um yeah. But but that's. Actually, there's a little unfair on one of them. One of them is really, really good, but it's still one of its key points is that it just uh, it just means well, it's, it's phrasy. Uh, you know, you don't have to sit there for an, uh, probably an hour or two. You know, even a good copywriter might take like an hour or two to come up with 20 really good, really different subject lines. Yeah. Phrasey just does it for you. Um, yeah. and And it gives you, you know, the whole mix of all the options um and the other tool i use i use to transcribe these podcasts and uh it's not perfect at all um when i started i actually started off by trying to do the full transcription on the on the on the website but it meant for every podcast i was spending probably an hour maybe a little bit more um just tweaking and and correcting the transcription and yep. it's just such a it's such a waste of my time. Um, so now what i do is i, I use it to transcribe the pod- podcast and then i use that to just identify the key points and, and i produce the summary uh summary articles um yeah. so it's it saves me a lot of time now but it's not replacing a job completely like there's still work to do and i think that's where you know that's the, how it will stay with uh, with ai at least for a, for a few more years yeah it will it'll will make, make our lives easier um but it won't completely replace certain tasks and um, do you have any pet peeves personally when it comes to marketing well not not, not really it's, it's more about the marketeer
1: saying that sales doesn't work and, and uh, the opposite side around so what what i kind of spoke about uh, saying that uh, outbound sales is dead so really understanding the, the value and utilizing the value that your outbound sales team can can bring to the marketing process because that takes a lot of pressure off the marketeers as well because they wouldn't need to nurture the potential leads forever but they can just focus on on like on the short term wins with marketing and then pass over those leads to the salespeople to handle.
0: Do you feel there's a uh, an underrated aspect of marketing at all? Well yes and no and, and from my point of view one
1: of the reasons there is is exactly what we spoke so sales don't want to hear that they aren't needed and, and that they aren't important. Everyone wants to know that they are important. So from that point of view, what what I think that should be done is is to combine both of these and and utilize the the aspect of the outbound sales that can do fa- fast decisions from the prospects but cannot reach a huge mass, while marketeers can reach a huge mass but probably can't make the customers do the purchasing decisions so so quickly. So that's something that I think that I, – I don't know if you watch football, but I, I, like, I have a sports background myself, so I like to compare it. So if you think about the midfielder in, in football, they are not the guys who are many times scoring the goals. And, and it's like Ronaldo and Messi who get always cherished that they, they scored. But the midfield are the guys who are actually, like, for example, behind Barcelona, there was Iniesta and Xavi, making it possible for Messi that they can shine. And they might not be getting the whole credit, but the, the attackers know the value that the midfielder brings. So that's the same thing that I, I see in marketing, that marketeers are like the midfielders in football. They are the guys who are making sure that the, that the other team can't attack, taking the ball, passing it to the attacker so they can actually score and make their job essentially easier. So not trying to compete and try to score all the goals because that's when the attackers also get get, get pissed off but make it work as a synergy.
0: Yeah, it's really funny you uh, you used that example actually. Um I a few years ago I started a fantasy football business um in in the daily fantasy football industry. And uh one of the reasons for that um was was partly because we felt fantasy premier league uh, was too much of a season long commitment. Uh if you had a couple of bad weeks or if you went away on holiday and forgot a week you were basically out. Um but the other aspect of it was we did we felt like midfields midfielders were undervalued. you know yeah. defenders got clean sheets, the attackers got goals and assists, uh what well, more points for them, but it was the midfielders who you know someone like Michael Carrick was always valued quite highly as a midfielder in fancy Premier League, but he just yeah. didn't score points because his yeah. job was just to pass the ball around. Tackle, intercept, keep things ticking over. You don't score points for that, though. Yeah, exactly. So part of our thinking was, well, let's make sure every player can get some value. So we we gave points for tackles, interceptions, passes, that sort of thing. Yep, um, exactly. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. You need to, un- to companies need to understand that there might be teams that can't show as much direct result. I guess. But yep. they are actually crucial to just you know, keeping everything ticking over. Um, you know, content marketing is one that I, I think, and, and kind of PR, I think are two that fall into that category of people aren't too sure what it's doing. Yeah, but it is actually having an effect in the background. Yeah, fully agree. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me. This has been uh, really interesting stuff. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of of kind of live chat chatbots and things like that. Um, if people want to find out more, uh, how can they get in touch?
1: They can reach to us at uh, michael@leadoo.com or or then just visit our website leadoo.com.
0: Perfect. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, as we all know, you know chatbots have been around for a while, particularly on the customer service side. But you know, if you're like me, uh, you get a bit frustrated. You tend to answer them in a way that gets you through to an agent because the bot itself just doesn't really understand my problem. It doesn't seem to understand. You know anything outside its set parameters. These on-site chatbots, though, uh, actually form part of the sales process on the site. They're designed to get all the relevant information from a visitor and either point them to the right product or send those details to a the salesperson. They're not there to answer questions. So these work particularly well for more complicated purchases, so things like insurance or mortgages, where customers either want to or need to speak to someone. But there's no reason it can't work for other businesses as well. You know, if you're stuck for what to eat tonight run through a quick quiz, get some restaurant suggestions, fancy a holiday but you're not sure where to go, answer some questions on the page and get some tailored recommendations. That's all for today. If you'd like to learn more about on-page chatbots, head over to the Lidu website or get in touch with Michael on LinkedIn. And as always, any podcast questions can come over to click.com and I'll get straight back to you. In the next episode, I've got Chris Dickey from Visibly who's going to talk to us about how you can dominate page one of Google. But until then, keep those customers clicking.